Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on your jeans. And you're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes, yes. The beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you all, you sexy motherfuckers, for tuning into the Screw Podcast with your favorite fucking whore, Felicia Rose, and her trusty rumbone, A-Love. Hey, A-Love. <laughs> hey, what's a rumbone? <laughs> oh, did I say trusty rumbone? <laughs> Instead of rusty trumbone. <laughs> is, is, is that like a rumbone? Like, what, what the fuck is a rumbone? Well, that sets the tone. <laughs> oh fuck i'm not doing that intro again that's it that's what you guys get you guys get rusty no what did i say i don't even know what i said anymore you said trusty rusty ramon that's <laughs> all good I, I, th- I think we're good we should probably <laughs> go somewhere from there yeah 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 for sure so speaking of going places um how are you doing i just wanted to say hello and how are you before we get going on this episode. oh you know good point we haven't talked in a bit right yeah like, i feel like people think that we are robots of information now yeah and i think that's okay you know we had to take a little break because you know we had to like recoordinate some things and yeah know. why don't you tell the audience what happened when where wait well what? i know we've recorded <laughs> i know we've recorded since but we have not addressed what actually happened in mexico oh my god wait this isn't one of those what happens in mexico stays in mexico things? oh it can stay there i just thought maybe you would tell the audience that we haven't been around for a while because you almost died um yeah i almost died and um well, okay, in all fairness, I don't think I almost died. I had a reaction to something, and, like, you know. You had anaphylaxis, okay? You could have died. Okay. You didn't die. <laughs> I'm very happy you didn't die. I forgot every single Spanish word I've ever learned in those fucking five minutes while they were you, calling your ass you did off. Such a good, you did such a good job down there. I was trying like, to, I was trying to comfort you. I didn't know what to do aside from just no, it's tell you good, to breathe. When you're, <laughs> when you're like, oh my god, yeah, you kind of forget to breathe. Well, and it becomes more difficult to breathe and all that jazz. Yeah, but, you yeah. absolutely were having a panic attack, so it was, it was scary. Weird. I'm so glad you're okay. Yeah. So everybody, send um, your well you. wishes to Aaron, who <laughs> survived death in Mexico. Oh my god, that sounds so. I, I need to write a book. I know it, it sounds dramatic, would, but it was dramatic. And also, would you read my? Would I? Read would you read my book? book if I read it? Yes, I'd yeah. read your book. You make me read your poetry. I'd read your damn book too. Would you? I make you read my book. <laughs> That's right. Bitch. <laughs> you also make me listen to your music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I do I do, and I make you podcast with me. Oh my no. god. <laughs> That's a good point. I've been trying to cancel this podcast for like four and a half strong years now. Right. So so, and I think I think you know what I will tell our faithful listeners is that you know we are trying to raise a like media company up out of the ground here. And like, um, so we have a lot of competing priorities. So we will be switching the screw to bi-weekly. 
Um, yes. And I know, you know, that's going to suck and, and pain a little bit. But, you know, I'd much rather us actually record it bi-weekly than like not hearing from us months at a time. Yeah, so. I was going to say, I think if we actually gave everybody like a schedule and we stuck to it, that would be better than than a than weekly like three times a year <laughs> you know so right. i think i think bi-weekly we can definitely handle and i think that it's something that people can look forward to and you know if you you know if you're, you're missing us you can go back and listen to one of the old episodes we have plenty under the under the exactly deck. exactly and you know if you're really really aching for it we're trying to decide what naughty bits and outtakes to put on our patreon so you can like pay us like the hose naughty are. bits well speaking of creating i think we should get into our next topic so the next conversation we are going to look at and do a deep dive into and then later have a round table on is hiv i think yes. just the general umbrella of HIV is where we're going to to sort of sit and live for the next few weeks. You know, <laughs> right. Yes. My you know thing wasn't there, but that's okay. I'm, <laughs> out of it. I'm in my fasting window right now and I'm fucking hungry. So don't make, make fun of me. Uh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I promise no, no shade. Um, I'll, I'll tea, no shade, baby. Um, but like, I think, you know, what kind of spurned this on, you know, we talked, I don't know how many episodes ago about U equals U. And just recently I noticed that um, some of the actual drug advertisement commercials now are talking about U equals U in their ads. So, um, which is good. It's good information, obviously. Um, but like, I, I, I definitely, it popped into my head and I think you, me and the husb, we were sitting around and like, you know, discussing like, you know, HIV has been a part of like, I mean, my whole adult life, um, certainly, you know, um, part of my childhood, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I think, we now have like a history of this. You have all these campaigns and AIDS. You have like it hitting the news that uh, people have gone through procedures that have reversed their HIV status. Um, so there's there's a lot of like very interesting things that have happened with PrEP. Um, we now have uh, injectable PrEP. We have injectable HIV treatments now. Um, so like, I think there's a meat of things that have updated since the last time we talked and, um, and, and I want to talk, I want to talk some, some fucking sex part of this shit, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of impact and, and, and influence HIV is over sex and sex lives and sexuality. So I think, I think we got some cool shit to talk about here. Absolutely. And I think just the fact that the stigma of HIV is changing in such a drastic way i think the you know with the ever so present thing like you know things like TikTok and instagram reels and facebook reels and all that stuff i think there's a lot more conversation being had about things in general like i ran into something recently that was about um somebody was was doing a live on TikTok, for example and they were they were talking about being uh you know, having herpes and there's dating sites just for having herpes. So I, I know that like when, when I was growing up, these things were so taboo to talk about. They were, they were 
dirty diseases. They were things that only the sluts, whores, and drug addicts got. And now we know that that's all nonsense. There are mothers with HIV. There are children with HIV. There are every walk of life can have HIV. It's not this fucking scary, oh, only the gays have it disease. And I think that that is an amazing movement forward as far as the stigma goes. It's really helpful to see that people are able to reach out with questions and, and get the things that they need and get treatment and not worry about what, you know, is somebody judging me? I think that alone has taken a huge step forward. And that's, I mean, we're nowhere near where we need to be. And we know that, but it's still definitely a conversation people are having in a more Mm. casual way. And that gives me hope for people in the future in general. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I I was, um, I recently finally watched, unfortunately, and I'll say this now that I watched it, the canceled, um, queer as folk reboot. Mm hmm. Um, and, and, and I don't know if you watched it yet, but it's like, it only made it through one season, unfortunately. Um, but it it was like, you know, the way that they handle topics like HIV and drug use were definitely different from like the last go around of the Queer Folk series. And it was like, well, okay, we are, we are talking about some of this differently. I do think that the reality is that the uh, cultures have shifted too, right? Like I, you know. It, it, it because of the because of the creation of these medicines that help you either you know fight or become undetectable after you get HIV or prevent you from getting it in the first place post ex, post exposure pep you know thing all of these different medicines that we have now are saving lives they're keeping people from their HIV turning into AIDS and we're able to have these conversations that before it was it was almost like well how long does that person have left you know it was this like in the 90s for example like we have to we can't we can't forget that we lost almost an entire generation of gay men due to it due to hiv and aids and the fact is we are in this beautiful position now where we're able to talk about oh okay well i have hiv but i'm undetectable or i have hiv or I, I don't have HIV and I'm on a medicine that can prevent me from getting HIV. Like that is a beautiful thing. And yeah. I think it's saving generations of, of future and not, I know that obviously HIV and AIDS didn't just affect gay people in the nineties. We know right. that, but yeah. we did lose a fuck ton of people because of it. And I think it's just, it's going to be, it's just so helpful now. Like it's so well, amazing that we have all of these resources. And I, and I was hoping, like, you know, especially this time, we can, like, dig into, like, the meat of, like, the psychological impact, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have, you know, because of HIV, all sorts of, like, yes, different medications, but also kind of, like, influences on the psyche, on our sexuality. There's from everything from, you know... Uh, you know, just around shame and 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 safety and all this stuff to like, you know, the fetish categories of bug chasers and 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 you know, there's a full you know spectrum of of socializing and and kind of uh, 
expectation around what this word means, like HIV, HIV positive, right? right. And I do think like, you know, there, there is a lot more psychological kind of stuff you know, that than than people usually address, right? Like right. we talk in a very biomedical model around most disease states, right? Where we're addressing like, well, here's like, is it fatal or non-fatal? What are the symptoms? Like how, you know, but we very like, you know, infrequently talk about like, well, what is the actual impact? You know, I remember 1998 and one of my friends got, you know, diagnosed HIV positive and basically saying, they said to me, no one's ever going to want to fuck me again. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, really? I, I mean, but, like, in 1998, I kind of get it. You right. Because in you know, 1998, it, it felt like a death sentence. And I know we still have exactly. a lot of people still alive that had been diagnosed HIV positive in the 90s and some from the 80s. Yeah. Well, because the meds were still. just starting to like ramp up, right? Right, like right. People, these, these, I think it was protease inhibitors came out and this was everything for the cocktail. This was like preventing that kind of like um, drug um, resilience that was would happen, you know, when you, they would get on one cocktail and they need to switch to another. Right. Like there, there were many things and you know i don't mean to speak like a total authority i have been working in pharmacy for 25 years that's my disclosure if i'm talking about drugs i'm probably like pretty all right on target here <laughs> i don't like i always like to tell people like what we actually know and what we don't know because i think it's important true like, that and that's you know, a good when point you're for listening. this episode for of like what we want to know versus what we do know and we're going to exactly. obviously rip apart what we thought we knew in the next episode. Definitely. Because we, you know, we, we're basically having this conversation to see what it is that we, or how, you know, where are the flaws in our own understanding of HIV in general? Exactly. Exactly. Cause you know, like I, I, you know, being in the queer male community and like, you know, having queer sex, having queer unprotected sex, there's a lot of like information you want to make sure you have right, you know, to get your harm reduction right, right? You know, I've always been more of a proponent of like the harm reduction model than the abstinence and latex yourself up until you're, you know, like nice and powdery and lubed. Because like there's a realistic kind of thing and like an unrealistic expe expectation you know we always joke kind of tongue-in-cheek you know for all of the conversations and like the campaigns for like condom use like <laughs> the condom use in the queer male community is still pretty fucking low so if that's the case you know like great thing for you equals you great thing for for prep um i do like there are some other like features to that that i do want to mention like around drug use and compliance with these medications, like PrEP is great, but you need to take it nearly 100% of the time or you're not getting that like awesome coverage they're talking about, right? right. And like, you're, you know, U equals U is a thing if you're compliant on your medication, if you're like really like not like having any viral load. I do want to mm -hmm. stop you and, and say, you know, what if, for people that don't know what we're talking about, U equals U means... Um, undetectable equals untransmittable, which means that you, your viral load, as Aaron just alluded to, your viral load count isn't high enough in, to be able to transfer it to somebody else, which means that you can partake in unprotected sex. You can partake in a uh, death match, right? Like we were talking about that mm -hmm. with Adam uh, 
on yes. the last episode of Rest in Peace, Adam, which I'm sure everybody will be like, he died of HIV. He did not die of HIV. He died of cancer. So, um, and yes, HIV does not help when you have a terminal situation going on, obviously. Nothing no, nothing added, right? right? The common cold does not help. Well, yeah, you're already but, immunocompromised. And, exactly. and, and so I don't such. want people to think, to correlate those two things. But um, yeah, because HIV is not the gay cancer, motherfuckers. Like right. it's not cancer; it's a <laughs> exactly. virus. Exactly. So, um, but yeah. So when you're on, when you're in in status of um, undetectable, that means that you can essentially go about your business as as a person that doesn't have HIV, as as if you didn't have HIV. But again, you have to comply with your medicine. You have to make sure that you're doing everything right. right. So these are things that are are important to know that it's not just you take a pill and you're all set, right? You it's it's absolutely it's a it's it, there's rules to this, it, you know. Right. And I bring this up because um actually just a couple of days ago, a few days ago, there was a individual who wrote an article um basically talking about the unspoken thing that nobody's talking about. And that is basically, like, there is a meth epidemic going on. <laughs> if you're not aware of it, it is going to hit you sooner or later, no matter mm-hmm. what part of the world and community you are a part of. And crystal methamphetamine will definitely make you lose track of time and make medication compliance difficult. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to throw shade at anybody, but I'm saying keep yourself safe. If you're experimenting with those kind of drugs, perhaps set yourself an al- alarm on your phone, something, set yourself three alarms every day on your phone to remember that you are, you know, going to take your, your, your meds and be compliant. And for those of you engaging in sex and un- unprotected sex with people who are using crystal meth, you do have to keep in mind, like, there is some compliance issues in this, and people are still becoming HIV positive. So um, we don't have a zero infection rate yet. So um, just, you know, inform yourself, you know, inform yourself, inform yourself, inform yourself, because the best way to have awesome, hot, comfortable sex is to know what the fuck you're doing. Yes. And one thing I wanted to add to something you said earlier is, you know, you said the condom usage in the queer male community is not wonderful. The condom usage in every community is not wonderful. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I, I literally spent my 20s saying, are you going to use a condom? And hearing, do I have to? And you know what was always the next <laughs> sentence? The next sentence was always, are you on birth control? Why is that the only thing you're thinking of? Straight guy that's about to penetrate me, right? Very interesting. Very, very interesting. So hopefully people are a little bit more aware these days that like uh, birth control is just one aspect of safer sex, if you will. There's all sorts of other pieces that you should be thinking about. Or maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe you don't care. But either way raw dogging life isn't always the answer and really shouldn't be for anything (laughs) (laughs) you know term raw dogging well yeah it's true i think people seem to forget sometimes that there's you know you have to you 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 can't just assume the other part is that like 
now you're just basically saying like, that's the only part of this I care about. I don't care about your sexual health. I don't care if I maybe give you HPV and then you get uterine cancer. I don't care. Like, fuck you. You know, I can, I can rip the baby out. I can't rip the HPV out of my fucking uterus. Right. Like there's a huge, anyways. We're not talking about that today. <laughs> I was like, you could you could burn it out. <laughs> I, I'm on a I'm on a rant today, but you know, my my no. point being no, no, but it's, that it's not just this isn't something that we only see in the gay community. We see it in every community that there needs to be a little bit more diligence when it comes to just sexual health in general. Yeah, I mean it's a good foundation because like one of the reasons like I was hoping to talk about this stuff again is 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 times are changing and like you know, my hope is that, you know, in the post-COVID world, we can all work together on, like, interacting with each other again, especially, like, what is it when you do, like, when you open the fortune cookies and you read the fortune cookies and then say, in bed? Mm. Have you ever played that game? <laughs> well, I think you also have to remember that, like, the like generationally, the gen- what's the generation under me? Gen Z? Gen, I don't, I don't fucking know. Those that generation ain't fucking. They don't fuck. That's not a thing that right. they do anymore. Right. So like right. these so, aren't even conversations being had because there's no sex being right. had, and it's very- well. And and I think part of that is like a fear, confusion, avoidance. I mean, sure. we can't expect that like if we do nothing about educating the community around sex and sexuality and drugs and 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 just the whole in relationships and like modern I. And not even modern ideas, just like this is more open and 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 talked about now amongst people. You're you you are having this kind of like fear avoidance of unknown. You know, it's like even with the saturation of technology and the internet, I am constantly surprised, like you know, how little people know in that. Because they know all that information is there, but they don't know what to trust or they don't know what to understand or they don't know how to filter. They just choose not to filter any of it. <laughs> like, in, And I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing, obviously. There are very well-informed young people that are in many ways more informed than me or any previous generation as well. Mm-hmm. I just think I don't want to see us end up. And, and I am seeing that trend in hearing you of like, younger people are not having sex anymore. You know, we have a bunch of people like locked in their houses for like two years um, on one level and like coming back out into the world and like, no, but they're not in the world. They're at home working from home. They're not having, (laughs) well, that too. They're having parasocial, you know, uh, connections. They're not having real connections. It's very, you know, they're at home on Thursday nights watching a Twitch stream instead of going and hanging out with people and no shade, do whatever the fuck you want. No shade at all. As long as you're not hurting anybody, do it. But at the same time, there is a lack of human connection when you don't go out and connect with humans. At well, all. And, and I also, I especially feel for like the queer bees, I'm going to call them that, um, just for today. When they do go out into this world, it is very much in like fits and leaps or secrecy, you know, in that like, you know, you still see young queer people come up the world that are seemingly because like there isn't a lot of socializing going on and a sense of community. They're just finding like, look at, look at Sniffies, right? We had Grinder and now we have Sniffies, right? And Sniffies is literally like a fine dick or ass app 
in that like your main picture can be like nudes in that it's geolocated you can actually like tag yourself at a cruising spot and you know so you've like taken out like the absolute need for any kind of social not that grinder was a great socializing place it was not but now it's gotten even easier like pick the dick or culo that you want go find out how close they are to you it's like a true and, like, menu set that up. it's like a menu exactly and like you know and i'm all for like cruising safely carefully like with very like paying attention to police like routes in your area and whatnot but like you know if we're cruising to avoid social interaction altogether that's going to be problematic in the long run because you are creating an atmosphere where people don't give a fuck about like your sexual health or you're not having any conversation beyond what point part goes into point a or b like there's there's not like a higher level of you know socially and i recognize this like all the time on on some of these things but i'm saying like it's getting more detached and like don't get me wrong no shade to sniffies it's a fabulous app for what it's for (laughs) it does exactly what it needs to do no shame to the gentleman on there however like you do miss you know people like are at liberty to like put on their worst behavior right mm-hmm. like you know and say things like you know it's just, somebody's like oh you in an open relationship like yeah i'm in an open relationship and it's like okay so like send me their pictures and i'm like but like what like no like this is not the conversation we're having and i'm like i would have to talk i don't know if my partner's interested in you like this is like bad behavior dynamics again. Like right. don't send me don't send me your partner's pictures or stats or anything without their consent. Like, I I, I cannot say that. Enough. You are never going to navigate a positive open relationship if that's the shit you're doing. If you wonder why non-monogamy quote unquote doesn't work for you, it's because of behaviors like that. It's because of like just the disregard for yeah, you're yes, thinking of or thinking of oneself. You're not thinking about anybody right. else in the equation, including somebody that you've committed yourself to in some capacity yeah. and you are trying to or you're you're claiming to care about. If you 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 obviously yeah. don't care about that person if you aren't stopping to say, Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. They didn't tell me I could do this, and I don't know if they'd like this right. person. All you're thinking right. about is holy shit. I want to fuck them with my partner or I want my partner right. to fuck them in front of me or whatever your kink is or whatever. And no, right. Shaming, but and, and, and Hey, consent is fucking important. Right. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's like all scenes, like, like it's cool if there's like a discussion about it, but like, there's this like very aggressive, like sexuality happening. The more that anonymity goes up. And like, even for the purposes of this conversation, I see on these, apps all the time things like looking for pause cock okay like that could definitely be seen as super offensive <laughs> like like right. and it's not up to me i'm sh- you know and this is why i'll be curious for the round table like what a person feels when they see a statement like that when they're hiv positive is it turn them on like is there a scene that they can get in or is that like like something that is just like what the fuck you know like right like and i think that that it comes down to being fetishized and and i don't i don't know it would probably be tough for us to find people that are okay with being fetishized for something that you know is a big piece of their life in a way that they 
most people, I know we talk about bug chasers, but that's a, that's a very small subset of people. Most it people is. weren't aiming to get HIV, right? I know in right. the 90s, there was a huge conversation of just get it, or or in, even in the early 2000s, I should say. Sure. Just get it and get it over with because you're a gay man. You're going to get it anyways, right? That yeah, was, so what, that do, what, was, do bug, what do bug chasers do in this modern world of prep and you? Right. You? Like, I, I, I'm so, <laughs> interested to know the psychology behind why you're fetishizing that. Like, I, mm. I, I, I'm interested to also hear the psychology of how that feels to the people mm. that ha- that are positive. But mm. I am curious. That's one thing that I would like us. Are you are you making notes for us? Thank you. Um, I would yeah. like us to <laughs> do a I deeper dive into like what is the psychology behind this sort of thing? Is it just purely like a, yeah. a taboo? Is this a taboo? Fa- because oftentimes yeah. we'll, we'll be like, why does somebody? Let's just go incest route, right? Why is somebody fetishizing right. their cousin or something? And and it's sometimes boiled down to something just as simple as it's taboo. But where along the line did you get a fetish for HIV positive folk out of whatever experiences you've had? Like, I, I, I'm right. so curious to, to find out, like, where. And I know every person well, is different. And, but and like, is, this, is this a fetish you would ever be able to articulate outside of this, like, anonymous, like, right. hookup platform thing? No, I mean, because seriously, like, I mean, I... You know, and and again, like just a quick R.I.P. to my friend Douglas, who passed away recently. Um, you know, he was somebody very honest about his HIV positivity. He put it in his his uh, dating profiles and his hookup profiles. And you know, and I've had other positive friends that haven't been that open about that because you know, and he was an older gentleman. He was like in his sixties, right? Um, so it's like you're seeing like, you know, for him, you know, and he's, he had talked to me before about like, you know, yeah, back in the day, like you weren't revealing this to just anybody because right. even within the community, people got nasty, you know? And I, and I am curious to see what these differences are. Like, like, you know, that in the way with like there, anybody's even talking about that, you know, cause you know, there's gotta be, you know, I mean, being positive for over 20, 30 years, like what, you know, what is the experience with like how this has like impacted sexuality? You know, I'm very, you know, curious about if people that like know they are U equals U and know somebody's on prep, if they feel like they need to like disclose anymore, do they need to disclose anymore? I mean, that's actually a question I want us to figure out the answer to. It yeah. is there, and I think my what I'm going to say as my assumption for the answer is that because what you just said, which is that it it isn't a, a perfect like you have to stick to the timing every day and the medicine and making sure that you're taking it and all of that. So you know, is there truly any any? you know, 100% in that in order to be able to say, I don't have to tell anybody. I don't have to disagree. Yeah. Right. And does it That's become like a, is it a weird like consent ish thing? Like, I don't know. Like the only thing I'm thinking is like when you trust a girl to tell you she's on birth control. Sure. And, like, you know, like, I mean, and I'm not saying this in a shady way. Like, I'm just saying like, you haven't watched her take her birth control for the last X amount of days. Like, like, 
what like how how are you you know that's a lot of trust you're putting in somebody with that but like there's still at least a little conversation about that you know whereas like you know do do we just assume that like i'm sure that there are men that assume if she is like willing to have um you know uncondomed sex that she is on birth control of some sort oh like, yeah no, there's no, no conversation like how and, often does that conversation come up? Like even in 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 those kind of like you know heteronormative sex situations. Well, where and, like, and there's not just heteronormative sex situations that involve uteruses, right? So like true. then there's of course, a lot of, of course. there's a lot of conversations that we could have in a lot of these different sort of where does the consent versus disclosure begin and end when it comes to something that could potentially affect the other person and. Right. That's if, a very well worded. It might yeah. not affect them. Is that still enough of a of a? Oh well, it probably. Let's say this: it probably won't affect them. Sure, but is mm. that enough? Like it, me having condomless sex with somebody in my twenties, for example, and getting knocked up and then aborting it. Was I supposed to tell the person? Mm. any of the above right so like it it's because it doesn't wow. affect yeah. them in any capacity at that point aside from it sure. would mentally potentially affect them if they were to find out but if they didn't find out and they didn't ever know and it didn't really fucking matter is that something that i needed to disclose yeah. so it's right. like well, I, it, I, it is gray area of i i'm I, i'm interested to see like what the quote-unquote societal rules are if you will sure you know? i mean i guess it comes down to like on one level what is your conscience comfortable with if you are like absolutely convinced that you have no viral load and it's you equals you and like you know that this other person has like divulged that they're on prep like you know i i mean so, like, obviously there are levels to this because I've been with people whose profile has said negative on prep. And then when they got to know me before we had sex, have divulged to me that they're actually positive and you equals you. So there's some, like, double, right? Because it's like, but, like, how do you feel about that, right? Because just with, like, believing somebody is telling you on prep, it's kind of the same thing, right? So is the, is the playing field now leveled with that concept that, like, right. everybody can protect themselves? So it's kind of up to you. Are you protecting yourself from me possibly lying? And am I protecting myself from you possibly lying? That's I mean, why the ma male birth control pill, right? Like, on some level, right. like... I know that take it, is, it, it is, I, I'm comparing it to pregnancy only this, because it's right i hope it's not a horrendous analogy i just can't think of like other ways to you know make an no we can, we can absolutely this. make this into something that other people could relate to that maybe don't deal with you know having more than one sexual partner on a regular basis sure. so sure. i i think that i think it's an interesting conversation because again it's like where does the responsibility live and lie is it mm. that I'm supposed to be on birth control and you bust your load in me and then that, you know, I'm the one taking care of that situation because I'm on birth control? Are you supposed to ask if I'm on birth control? Are you supposed to care? Are you supposed to wear the condom? Right. It's sort of in the same realm of, okay, are you on prep so that somebody right. can bust a load in you even if they are positive and then it doesn't affect you, you know? And right. Yes, there is a level of taking, you know, you have to take responsibility for your own self, but where does sure. that line live for informing the other person? I think it's that informed consent conversation that we have, but 
I do think that this would be interesting to kind of hear from others, you know, what, what do they think is the responsibility? Because like you said, you know, if, if somebody's undetectable and the other person's on prep, where, where's the risk live? Where does the risk right. live? I don't think right. the risk lives anywhere unless y'all both aren't taking your medicine, right? right? And and if, if one of those portions is, like, off, like, somebody says, well, I would like, you know, to raw dog it, as you say, <laughs> but, like, I'm not on prep, but, like, you're stating you are on prep or whatever. Like, like I, I, th- I think, you know... It's it's definitely an interesting conversation to have. Like, you know, obviously in my head I'm thinking, you know, ideally on all levels you want as much honesty so everybody is, like, not just, like, informed but also, like, understanding each other and having, like, yeah. the best kind of harm reductive sex as possible, you know, like, all all that jazz. But, like, I'm also trying to address reality, you know, in the everyday of, like, life thing. Like, where are we, like stopping to think about these things in our consciousness right like you know i i'm i'm definitely interested for the whole idea of n aids and in all these programs you know federally and and state by state to try to to put a pin in 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 hiv infection but i'm also like kind of wanting to ask the question well like there are lots of people living with hiv and still like getting infected and and i do think at least in the queer male community i do feel like there's less of a stigma going on in terms that like you know I've never yet I have yet to have had some you know uh, sexual intimacy with somebody who has like told me they're HIV positive right like not to say that I haven't had sex with HIV positive people it's certainly possible but I've never like but that was that a choice do you think um oh I think I think it probably was a choice up until a certain period of time. I don't until I until prep probably. I think prep, yeah, prep because you know it is a lot of trust and like, um, and and honestly, more selfishly, like I fucking don't like condoms in my asshole. Like, yeah. I, I I just I don't know what other way to say it is like <laughs> like yeah I mean I'm allergic to most of them so burning yeah and like you know even with lots of lube and then with lots of lube it just feels like a squeaky you know and like whatever like some people really like condoms some people are able to fetishize condoms all that I support um I just know like for it's a twofold thing for me I'm gonna prefer not to get fucked with condoms or fuck with them but if that's the case what is my harm direct reduction scenario i'm gonna have to trust that you are taking your hiv meds regularly or that you're telling me the truth when you tell me you're not hiv positive or you know HIV, right. when you're whatever you know what i'm saying um so like you know i think now it's like yes because i know i have a layer of my own production and that i know i'm layering my own harm reduction that like I'm not bothered by it, you know, and like most certainly you equals you. Like, you know, we we had a suspicion this was the case for a long time before the official you equals you came, at least in healthcare. That sure. like if you have vi- no viral load, you're not transmitting virus. So like, you know, um, but like I'm not asking people to show me their viral load before we fuck. Like, that's invasive to me. Like, I I, I actually had a lot of issues with, like, the I want to see your COVID test results kind of energy and COVID vaccination proof. Like, you know, I have to trust my fellow human beings, like, on some level somewhere. If I'm going to, like, 
take off my clothes in front of them and whatnot. <laughs> like, sure. You know, I should like, you know, you, it's a, yeah, it's a gamble with people, but like, if we like, you know, and this is why I love this conversation. If we side on the, you know, side of like, we don't ever trust one another. Like how are we, we're not having intimate sex then. We're all just kind of right. fucking each other and trying to keep the gloves on. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people after sex, weeks later, days later, whatever, of, you know, I, I can't even fucking tell you how many texts I've received that were like, by the way, are you clean? You should have asked before you put your fucking whatever the fuck you put inside of me, inside of me. Right. You know, again, so it goes back to that personal responsibility. Like, what if I just lie? You know, right. it's on you to deal with. And, and the for the record, <laughs> I will, for the record, try like fucking folks not to ask people if they're clean. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that, that's what I mean. It was, it always came from a <laughs> shameful place, too. It sure, was almost, it was usually after I had really wild sex with somebody that of I barely course. knew that they were guilt feeling we got, guilty too. We got raucous or whatever. Yeah, they probably right. were in a relationship that they didn't tell me about with some nonsense like that. And now uh, they're like, oh, I'm gonna oh, give this see. back to my wife or some stupid. There you and go. And again, it's your you know what? It's personal responsibility. Yes, the person shouldn't lie to you. That sucks yeah. when somebody lies to you. But we also know we can't fucking believe a lot of people. And I know that you're saying you gotta trust people that you're having sex with, but I sure. also like to I also liked in the past to have sex with people I didn't know. Sometimes I would no, be blindfolded totally. and somebody but, would be brought into the room and I didn't know who was going to fuck exactly. right? You know, uh, oh, it, again, it's my personal responsibility yeah. to take care of the STI factor, the pregnancy factor, all of those things sure. because I truly cannot trust what is coming out of the other person's mouth technically. I, I'm not going to just well, and, blindly trust the world, right? So No, no, because- of course. And and in the polyam world, like, you know, I realized at some point, like, you know, if you're practicing non-monogamy, like, there's so many other exponentials that I'm growing in. So you really do have to roll. Like, I've loved the very blunt conversation with, like, intimate partners. Like, we're not going to be non-monogamous, but, like, we're also going to choose to, like, not protect when we have sex with each other. So, like, what what are we saying here? We're saying if one of us actually accidentally gives the other an STI, this is a shame-free thing because we both agreed that this is right. the level of risk that we're agreeing to. One of us may end up being positive or getting the other one positive. And these are things like, if you're not prepared to really have those conversations, don't practice non-monogamy. No, Because you are, you are dooming, you're dooming the fuck out of your relationship that may for all romantic purposes feel nice and squishy and something you want to have but if you're not really digging into like your two people that have agreed that you're not the only people that you have sex with that has like real-time implications and I think you know just small circle back like I was definitely not having sex with HIV positive people because I have been in a lot of long-term relationships and I thought I don't want to like, you know, if we're trusting each other, I should at least in my head say, what's the harm reduction? I don't want to like, quote unquote, put myself in situations that are somewhat riskier than others when I have a partner that's trusting me to kind of mitigate as much as possible, like unsafe situations, you know? Absolutely. 
you know, I, and I do, I just want, you know, I want us to be able to talk about this in this way, especially around sex. Like, you know, the reality is HIV positivity is a part of our sex and sexuality in these day and ages. And like, Absolutely. you know, regardless of like gender identity and sexuality identity, it is the fluidity of sexuality and identity these days is creating like even more importance to having this question. Oh, absolutely. If you think about how many people are now identifying as pansexual or bisexual or omnisexual mm-hmm. or, you know, absolutely. there's so many, I, I'm forgetting all sorts of like, you know, I'm seeing um, a lot subjects. of trans transgendered males on um, some of these hookup apps now. And, like, you know, this is, like, there's, like, a new, like, mixing of a lot of different people in some of these areas. And I like it. But I also know, like, historically queer males and their safe sex practices to be pretty fucking shoddy. So, like, you know, like, we should have this conversation because I want to keep up this very, like, integrated queer energy in a lot of the community. I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's a better way of looking at our sexuality and being able to explore more of ourselves. But, like, we can't, like, just make it all the social thing there are like brass tacks to it and like sex acts that are like it's not particularly smart to like butt fuck somebody and then stick it in their you know their vagina like let's like be very careful about something yeah i'm a big fan of like let's not do the things that are almost guaranteed to harm us (laughs) yeah exactly but you know but people might not just think of that right like I'm yeah because they're not fucking ocd like i am but every time mm-hmm. if you even exactly. sniff my butt and try to come near my pussy afterwards because <laughs> i don't want that yeasty beastie i don't want bacterial no, vaginosis no i don't want anything that could potentially i, I don't uh never mind i don't have to get into it completely so, but you so, know what i mean like i yeah, just no, I, I think people don't often remember in the heat of the moment they don't remember that there's like there's ramifications to having really rough sex, for example. Absolutely. You know, the, Absolutely. the fact of the matter is that, you know, HIV didn't affect a lot of the straight community for a little while because of the way the straight community had mm-hmm. sex. Okay. Absolutely. Now we're all venturing out. We're all doing different things in different positions. With we're different all people eating the booty like groceries. And, and <laughs> we have to remember that sometimes the act itself might feel really good in the moment, yeah. but that tearing or that punching or that, uh, you know, shredding of skin with nails, all of these things yeah. expose you to different. That's things. seven cocks in you at once. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I would like to task us to kind of like you know for the next episode kind of like look about and see what we have around like social attitudes around some of these topics i know we're always able to find data and you know there are really like people much smarter than us that have asked some of these questions already so um, i want to kind of come to the, the the table for the next the next round and 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 kind of let you guys know some of the stuff that we talked out loud about, like what is real, you know, what is, what is, you know, going on out there that people know is going on out there. Um, I want to come back with a little bit of information about a couple of the injectable medications for PrEP and HIV. Um, just because in the realm of compliance, we talked about some shit with drug use or whatever, certainly getting an injectable twice a month puts you at a better situation of compliance than trying to take a pill every day. 
So, you know, if we're talking harm reduction, like these are the things to look into and look out for. Um, I also, anybody who is interested, who is um, HIV positive or has an HIV positive partner that wants to come on the roundtable, which will be in like three or four weeks, um, let's uh, hit us up um, at screwpodcast.gmail.com or slide into one of our DMs somewhere. And um, let's have a conversation. You, everybody can always remain anonymous. Um, I'm sure we can figure out, you know, something if we need to make your voice like all weird or something if you want. But, um, <laughs> you know, come on, talk to us. Let's have a real conversation about, you know, sex and and diseases and shit. You know, I would love stuff. I would love to also answer if there has been any decrease in condom purchasing ever since the invention of prep yeah i think that would really be interesting to see okay. like if there is any kind of correlation potentially yeah. not because based on what you're saying there wasn't a lot of condom usage to begin with but well um, it's why the the pressure for harm reduction campaigns really started coming about like you know more and more because if if you're doing something and having these things, and sure, I'm sure there was some uptake in condom use, especially when, when HIV was like we were starting to really understand how it was transmitted and on the scene. Like you know, people were dying and there wasn't anything to do about it. So you know, I'm not saying we're irresponsible that we're gonna like fucking suicide ourselves, but I do think that there was a leveling off of this usage, and as you know, medicines got more. Uh, advanced and kind of like took away the the death sentence portion of this illness that that attitude started changing not just around safety practices but maybe around shame and sexuality and feeling like good about going out and getting it on again you know because I do think that as you know for many years you just saw like this is so scary to people one because it was scary but also even with medication to treat it you're like nobody's gonna like how am I gonna fuck like, right. am I only looking for pause people? Like, Because people are stupid. Even if you tell them, even now, you know, say you right. equals you or prep or anything, like, they don't necessarily know anything about that. So you got to be prepared for that in the world, too. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in for the first episode in what is going to be a three-part series of us discussing HIV. We hope to hear from y'all, and we hope everybody has a safe and happy couple weeks until you hear our lovely voices again. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.